For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is happening, gang? We are jacked about another episode of the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pullian. In today's episode, we do something I have wanted to do with Bill for about a year. Check that maybe six months as we do our deep dive into the quarterback breakdown of the 2022 NFL Draft. In this week's episode, we get Bill's unique perspective. And I mean, let's, let's remind you, this is a guy who drafted not just Peyton Manning, not just Kerry Collins, but also was instrumental in bringing in Jim Kelly. So this is a human being that through his Hall of Fame career knows quarterbacks about as well as anybody. We get his breakdown and look at the quarterback class in this year's draft. And it's a really interesting one because I think the public perception is this is a much maligned draft. So, I mean, this is one of those situations where we really wanted to get into Bill's brain and see, okay, given this is what sort of the draft industrial complex thinks about this year's draft, what are his thoughts? Who are players that he thinks might be able to compete right away? And there is one prospect in particular that I think will surprise you that I think Bill has a little bit of affinity for who, while there are some sort of size, weight issues, could be a pretty good pro in the NFL. This is truly an interesting look into these five quarterbacks and who might be the one that breaks through and who are quarterbacks that teams should likely stay away from in the first round of the NFL draft. Before we dive into today's show, I want to take a minute to talk about one of our favorite sponsors on the pod, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info and odds. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's odds for the Masters Championship and the start of the Major League Baseball season. That's right. We're knee deep in the heart of Masters season. It was a great first couple days of the Masters, and I have a hunch the weekend is going to be phenomenal. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. It's super easy to get started, so join today. Learn why everyone is saying Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite popular sports and games. Bet Online, it's where the games start. All right, gang, without any further ado, this is the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pullian, and this is our look at a very interesting quarterback draft class in the 2022 NFL Draft. Here we go. What is happening, gang? We are live on the Inside Football Podcast with Bill Pullian, and it's an episode that I know you clamor for every year. It's my personal favorite. We are going to do our deep dive into the quarterbacks of the 2022 NFL Draft. How are we doing today, guys? Good, thank you. We're good. Yes, yes, thank you. Hope everyone's doing well out there. All right, so Bill, where are we starting in this journey today? 
Well, we're going to start uh, with uh, the number one, the consensus number one quarterback. I don't know where he'll be drafted. I suspect higher than most people are predicting right now, um, just simply because that's always the case. Uh, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. Um, he's uh, 6'3", 217, so the size is perfectly fine. Uh, he's a, a 485 to 485 guy, which is fine. It's not... Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson or somebody like that, but he's got more than enough movement to uh, to handle uh, what he has to do inside the pocket and out. Um, his arm is is not a rocket arm, but it doesn't have to be. It's strong enough. He can make all the throws, and he's got really good anticipation on deep throws, uh, which is makes up for some arm strength. In fact, in many ways, it's it's, it's more uh, desirable than just plain arm strength. Um, the, the biggest problem with him is that he's size eight and a half hands, which is statistically a problem. Uh, you want them at nine or better. Um, the reason being that you worry about strip sacks and, um, and uh, with small hands, uh, you have strip sack issues. Um, now, he wears gloves and has worn gloves throughout his, at least throughout his senior year. Um, and uh, it's been no problem. He, he hasn't had many strip sacks and he's delivered the ball accurately and on time and no real problems there at all. So I would say it's probably less of a problem than people make it out to be. But you know, you're going to have to talk through it, and it depends upon how the individual coach and individual quarterback coach and individual coordinator look at it. Um, but but he's shown no signs of any difficulty with it at the at the collegiate level. Bill, Bill since the NFL ball is a little more aerodynamic, you know, smaller and a little easier to throw, could that also help him with a smaller hand as opposed to throwing the college ball? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. <laughs> okay. I think I think the fact that he wears gloves uh probably ameliorates the problem as far as I'm concerned. I'd have to hear from somebody like Bruce Aarons or Tom Clements or somebody like that that there's a problem before I believe that there is. Um, especially with the gloves. That 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 makes the difference. His field generalship is fine. He sees the, the field well, he reads defense as well, he delivers the ball on time. He's accurate, and he's got the it factor. His team plays for him. He's a never-say-die guy. Uh, he's a, people have compared him to Joe Burrow. I think that's a reach. Uh, I think Joe Burrow's really pretty special. Physically, they're similar, but uh, Joe Burrow just has a, a much bigger it factor, if you will. But I think Kenny Pickett will play. He, he's no worse than a really good backup. And I, but and I think he'll play for somebody and 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 be pretty good before it's all said and done. Bill, with Pickett, how concerned would you be about from a stats perspective the just sizable jump in 2021 versus his prior years, or is that a progression that you've seen in his game, or is this maybe an outlier? No, that's a progression, and you want you want a 70 percent win win uh, status according to the Parcells axioms during his career. And he has that. So he met it. He checked every box there. Okay. In fact, he's the only, he's the only one in the draft that does. Okay. Uh, Carson strong may as, as well. And um, 
does the fact that he'll be a little bit older, I think he turns 24 in training camp, is that a, is that sort of a chance to mature in life or is that a you know, would that be a year at the other end you might not get? Um, I wouldn't worry about that. You know, as long as you get 10 years, you 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 you've hit the jackpot. I wouldn't worry about that at all. And he has no injury history as opposed to some other players that we're going to talk about. So, so Bill, how, how much do you really like, you, you, you kind of said there's always the quarterback inflation. Is he a guy that, in, that, that a Bill Polian who is, has sort of spot, knew how to spot the, the best quarterbacks were, is he a guy you would take in the first or the high first? Does he, that, not, not by do you need him or something, but I mean, by the pure Bill Polian standards, as you always say, the whole first round really isn't the first round. Would you take this guy high in the first round? Well, he's, I, you know, I don't know what you mean by high. Is, is he a legitimate first rounder? Will he have a first round grade? Yes. No question. Okay. Uh, and, and that's a consensus from everybody that's, that's looked at him. Um, beyond that, the question then becomes um, if you are sitting at, at five, let's say, or six or seven or eight, somewhere in there, would you take him there if you needed one badly? If I were the Carolina Panthers, I sure would take him. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, he was recruited to Temple by Coach Rule anyway and was preparing to go there. Uh, and then Rule left to go to Baylor and he went to Pitt. So there's a previous relationship there. Now, would I take him there? I, you, you know, let me back up and say what we don't have on this broadcast, we got to be honest about it is we don't have 40% of the equation, which is the, the psychological, the mental, and the medical. And, and those three things we're not privy to and shouldn't be. And, and those are the determining factors. Although in talking to people, I hear nothing but good things about it. So I don't think those are necessarily, problems haven't surfaced in that area. Assuming all of that, we're, we're good. Um, I, I wouldn't hesitate to pull the trigger at seven. If you don't have one, you got no chance. And this guy gives you a chance. Um, our next contestant is a guy who's getting all of the, 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 the buzz and the, and the interest. And ESPN decided he was going to be the star of the senior bowl before they ever kicked it off, <laughs> which is, you know, typical, right. <laughs> typical ESPN. You know, the producer's got a job to do, so. You in know, the role, in the role of the best player in the, the game, we present to you as before he even walks on the field, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. He's wowed everybody at practice this yes. week. He's been the consensus star of senior bowl practices. Okay, thank you very much. Right. Um, uh, Malik Willis, uh, six feet, 220. He's a sub four or five guy. Um, he has a rocket arm. So what? Right. Okay, that 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 really doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. There have been plenty of rocket arms who've gone south over time in, in, in the NFL. Uh, he makes his living with his legs, and he is a dynamic runner. He's in the uh, in the mold of uh, Lamar. He's not quite as fast or shifty as Lamar. Uh, he's not unlike the guy in uh, in, in Arizona, Connor Murray. Connor, Kyler Murray. Um, he reminded me a little of like uh, almost Cordell Stewart. Uh, Cordell Stewart was a long strider. This guy's not a long strider. He's okay. a, he's an explosive guy. Uh, 
But I mean, you know, he makes his living with his legs, as Cordell Stewart did, yeah. and Cordell Stewart had a rocket arm. Um, he was described by his college coach, Hugh Freeze, who has had really no NFL experience that that I know of, as a guy who who doesn't know what he doesn't know. Uh, so he's got a long, long way to go in terms of mastering the quarterback position. In the meantime, he gives you a guy who can win with his legs. So uh, there, there is that, but he is short, and that really worries me. Uh, if you said to me, eight and a half hands, does that worry you? It does, because it's a Parcells axiom, and I respect that greatly, but I don't see any real problems uh, with, with Pickett. Short quarterbacks worry the living daylights out of me, and Drew Brees and Russ are the exceptions that prove the rule. Short quarterbacks generally don't make it in the league uh, or don't make it big enough to justify a first-round expenditure. I hear people all over the place on this guy. Some people say that, that I respect, said it wouldn't take him anywhere in, in, in the first round. Others say, uh, quoting uh, you know the, the, the analytics axiom, there's no financial penalty for taking him in the first round. The, the rookie wage scale has made it possible to gamble on first round quarterbacks because he's on a rookie contract for four years. You got four years to look at him and watch him develop. You don't have to pick up the big money and guarantee the fifth year option until you're satisfied uh, that, that he's worth it or you make a mistake as Carolina did with, uh, uh, with, with, with their guy. Um, but, the bottom line is you have four years to watch him grow and develop. And in the meantime, he gives you um, benefit because he can run around and do things and make plays with his legs. How fast will he come? I don't know, because, again, we're not uh, privy to the, the tests that tell you how quickly he processes and what his depth of knowledge and all of that is. He's coming from a pure spread offense and. Uh, I, I don't want to knock the kid. I almost try not to knock anybody, but I do have to take some of the air out of the baloney balloon that surrounds him. Liberty is is its level of competition is below the Mid America Conference. Yeah, right. So right. he's not playing at Oklahoma. You know, the Baker Mayfield won at Oklahoma. Uh, Kyler Murray won at Oklahoma. So. This is not Oklahoma he's playing against. So you, you have to take that into consideration. And Bill, to um, that, and Bill, to that point, if you were scouting him, how much stock would you put in that old Miss game when you actually got to see them play against a high-level SEC caliber team? That'd be the one you'd watch. That would be the one you'd watch pretty, you know, pretty heavily. Um, and that one you did. That one wasn't a great takeaway for him, was it? It was not. No, it was not. But that's understandable. I mean, that they're overmatched. So, uh, you know, you, you, but he's going to he's going to be stepping up two levels of competition. So, again, to think that he could come in and you could put him on the field or he's going to be the face of your franchise. Right. That's fuck. That's yeah. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't look an owner in the eye and tell him that, that any of that was true. So, Bill, I, I, I know this would be situational, but the first two guys you you mentioned to me are great examples. One guy, and I know you don't like the floor and ceiling thing, but so we can try and find some different nomenclature, but you know, one guy is pretty much 
a sure thing, but as we can he pick it, but as we look at him now, he doesn't seem to be the kind of guy who's going to set the world on fire. The other, the other guy, the guy we're talking about, Malik Willis, is obviously much more raw, but the athleticism that you talk about, that if he hits his the place he could go is even higher. How do you evaluate those kind of good, relatively sure things versus the guy who is a little bit more of a crapshoot but could really pay off? What do you think about those things? Our philosophy, which paid off over time, by the way, um, everywhere we were, was no big hits, no big misses. Don't swing for the fences because you're going to strike out more often than not. And we didn't want strikeouts. Mm-hmm. We wanted we wanted doubles. And we'd take singles and, and say, okay, that's all right. If we put the guy in the right place in the draft and he was a singles hitter, that's fine. But we wanted doubles. And if we got triples and home runs, that was wonderful. Uh, I, Jim Ursay asked me what, what what's that same question vis-a-vis Peyton Manning. I said, if we hit, we hit a home run. Uh, if if we're wrong, the worst we get is Bernie Kosar. Still pretty good. Which is, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's, a, that's it's right. an AFC championship game. Exactly. A lot of people would like to have Bernie Kosar. Yeah. That's exactly right. And 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 he said, well, what about Ryan Leaf? I said, if we hit, we hit a home run. Uh, if we lose, it, it's, a, it's a strikeout with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth. And we're down one run. We lose yeah. big. So Yeah, that was... That, that that's, you know, that's the way we look at things. Other people feel differently. And I, and I get that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my own proclivity. So this kid is, is, is a prospect. Um, he's not a suspect because he has athletic talent. Um, but in the end, if you presume that he can grow and develop and it's going to take three years, that's fine. That's true of fields in Chicago as well. Uh, but the difference is feels a six feet three and this kid's six feet tall. And I worry about short quarterbacks. Right. So to me, I, I, I have a hard time putting this guy in the first round because he's six feet tall. And I recognize Baker Mayfield was the, was, was the first pick in the draft, but he's exhibit a, as far as I'm concerned. And, and you know, and then his style of play and level of competition, you'd have to throw in there, obviously, yeah. as you alluded yeah. to. Yeah, that's right. Okay. The next guy is Matt Corral who is a, you know, kind of a cross between Pickett and, and Willis. He's a, he's, he's barely six feet two and he's 205 pounds. Oof. Maybe. And he has, and he has an injury history. He doesn't look 205. He looks slighter than 205, doesn't he? No, he doesn't. That's correct. That's correct. I'm giving you the listed weight. I don't, I don't have the combine weight in front of me. Yeah. He's um, the uh, Zach Wilson, that, 205. That's, that's, yeah. Without, yeah. That's without the leg weights hidden under the socks. Yeah, that's right. And he's uh and he's he's a four seven guy, which is fine. He's got great movement, he's got great anticipation, he's got the it factor, he's a really good competitor, his arm is good enough. Um his judgment is is not good enough, but I think he'll grow and develop with that. He can spin it, he he's accurate. And as I said, he will find a way to win. But more often than not, his finding a way to win involves using his legs. And with that body, he's already been hurt in the Tennessee game, which to his credit, he finished on one 
skimpy ankle. And second of all, it knocked him out of the sugar bowl. And, and my son is, uh, is the associate athletic director at Baylor. And I asked him if he thought the injury was real, but the injury was real. I, I you know, were they keeping him out? You know, okay, you got hurt. Don't go back in there. You're not going to, we're not going to risk your draft status. He said, no, he thought he was really seriously hurt. He said he was, he was afraid for the kid. So, um, it's this guy is is he's got special arm talent and and as I said he's got the it factor he averaged 8.7 yards per completion in 21 with 20 touchdowns and five interceptions so you know how do you like that very good playing in the toughest division in college football indeed playing at a very high level so you know what worries me here is the slightness and the fact that he's a guy who moves around and 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 his instinct is to make plays with with his legs i've heard people and i re- people that i respect say if you could get this guy pun intended here corralled <laughs> uh, uh you got drew Brees. and another person said to me you know drew ran around like the devil in 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 college. Yeah, that's right. He did. Uh, so this guy has Drew Brees like arm talent. Mm-hmm. He's a three year starter. Uh, he's played in a high level. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I also hear people compare him to Zach Wilson. I don't care about the off platform throws. That's malarkey too. That's like arm strength, you know, stand in the pocket and deliver the ball. I, I sidearm overhand underhand it doesn't matter um if you got if you got uh Tyreek Hill you know you can throw it underhand and he'll catch it and run with it for a touchdown so what that that that's dependent on you you can't make a living doing that right so the, the the bottom line is this is this is a conundrum this would be a rough one for me because I like what I see he does have the it factor. He's put up numbers. He's played in a high level league and, and yet he's 200 pounds. So you say that's a red number. That's a red number. You can't, you know, don't take a red number in the first round. Yeah. Um, so th- this is a conundrum. I'm anxious to see where he goes. I think it will be at the bottom of the first. Um, any, any uh, in, in terms of uh, uh, weights, uh, that you attach playing for like Lane, a Lane Kiffin offense, does that factor in in any way? It's a spread offense. They have to wait for guys to come open. That's so what? I mean, they, they all they're all that way. You you, okay. got, you have to teach them anticipation. You have to teach the that's the college. That's the spread offense. That's the difficulty with it. The guy they have to see the guy open and then they deliver the ball. They don't do it, you know, with with exquisite timing like you find in the West Coast offense. But that's okay. They they can learn. Okay. But Bill, you'd be comfortable with a team, especially maybe one of these teams that has multiple first round draft picks taking Corral at the end of the first round or maybe early second. Yeah. I see him going at the end of the first round. I see him. And I would be very comfortable. I think I'd be very comfortable. I wouldn't say very comfortable. (laughs) I'd be comfortable doing that. If we needed a guy, I'd be comfortable doing that. Now at the same token, I hear people saying, I don't want any part of this guy. You know, he's, he's, he's going to get hurt. And, uh, you know, 
uh, how how good is Jimmy G? Jimmy G's great. I hear people uh, compare him to Jimmy G. Yeah. That's probably a pretty good comparison. Jimmy G's great, but Jimmy G's hurt a lot. So yeah, you know, that's the issue. You can't comment. You can't comment too much on that because Bill, you spent forty years being uncomfortable. <laughs> so, so yeah. well, that's true. That's I don't true, remember but... a lot of comfortable cut days. So okay. I spent the last I spent the last month before the draft trying to get comfortable with the guy we were going to pick. So right, exactly. Uh, you know, it's but I do think he'll get drafted at the bottom of the first round, or maybe even higher than that. And, and I hope he does well. He's an exciting player to watch. And I think we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get back. But I'd be interested to know how you, from a GM perspective, weigh the red number first round criteria at the quarterback position with the opportunity to have that fifth year option. If you hit on the right guy, because I, I wonder if that changes the mechanics just from a cap perspective and the rookie wage scale. The question you asked Scott was, was a, a quintessential question of, of, uh, of draft management, which is um, you got a red number, which says that you shouldn't take the player in the first round. And and you got an injury history, which says you shouldn't take him in the first round. And the red number has to do with girth. Uh, and then you have the fact that a rookie contract is relatively low uh, regard, you know, with regard to cash expenditure. Uh, and you got four years at a relatively low price. And if you hit, you hit big. And if you if you lose, you you haven't lost a whole heck of a lot, especially if you don't. You're not talking about this guy in the first round unless you don't have a quarterback to begin right. with. So we're assuming that you don't have one, and uh, and as a result, probably with a lot of sleepless nights, if everything else was okay, if everything else checked out, gold plated whiz, and I mean gold plated whiz, no questions, no. Well, we don't know about his uh, his his processing speed is. I'm making this up, by the way. His yeah. processing speed is 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 low average. Whoa, 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 whoa stop! That's another red red yeah. mark, right? Yeah, right. Assuming no other red red numbers or 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 or, or red uh, flag issues, um, I'd probably be very comfortable with him somewhere, you know, between twenty and and on down. If we didn't have one, it, to me, it would be worth the roll of the dice. I'm predisposed to like this guy anyway. I like very much what I saw, particularly against Tennessee uh, in, a, in a back and forth wild and woolly game. So uh, uh, I didn't like the interception to start the, the Sugar Bowl, by the way, but mm-hmm. right. <laughs> neither here nor there. Uh, so I, I think I'd be willing to take the chance somewhere below 20. Um, you know, Bill, it's an interesting thing you alluded to a couple of times now to the rookie cap. As I think back on our years in football, I mean, the rookie cap was was one of the few things that both the players and management wanted, right? Because management wants it because you don't want to overcommit to a rookie and waste money at the other end with dead money and everything. But I can tell you, in all my years in football, play, veteran players, especially at non-glamour positions, so resented rookies coming in and making all this money when they say I've given 11 years of my life to this league. He goes, this friggin' guy hasn't played a snap and he's earning more than I am. So, I mean, they were, the players were very sanguine about saying, Hey, let these guys prove themselves. 
which is obviously what management wants to do. And I really think it's made for a much more balanced roster rather than having to pay a gazillion dollars to a first round quarterback. Well, that that's true. Um, Gene Upshaw's point of view, and I argued with him, uh, argued it with him on many occasions at the negotiating table was that, yeah, all of that's true, but I don't care what the players think because in the end, Peyton Manning making $23 million as a rookie raises the level for everybody else for all the business. So yeah, you're upset about it. Uh, And your next contract is going to be bigger because of it. And in the long run, from his perspective, I can, I can, uh, you know, I appreciate what, what he was saying there, but my argument was here's, here's what happens, Gene. Offensive guards, centers, nose tackles, uh, two down linebackers, even three down linebackers now can be drafted in the top 10 because you don't have to pay them a king's ransom at positions that don't deserve a king's ransom. If, if a guy deserves to be drafted in the top 10, then draft him there. Don't shy away from him and, and cost him all that money because he's a position that, that really doesn't get paid in the long run. And, and that's worked out to be true, too. Yeah. So yeah. it's more egalitarian. Um, exactly. As, as long as the veterans get the money, and they do, uh, then, then, you know, I think it works well for everybody. But it makes a gamble on even Willis possible in the first round right you still pay a penalty you're wasting a first round draft choice if it fails but it makes the gamble possible now these crazy trade-ups you know where you give up uh two ones to go up from 20 to to three to take some guy who you know would belongs at 12 uh you know uh, that to me that that's that's going too far i wouldn't do that but um but then again the Chiefs hit on Patrick Mahomes, so that's the that's the exception that pulled, uh, proves the rule. What 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 is surely true is that there is no such thing as value for the pick. That phrase is inoperable in the real world. That's something that's just uttered by gurus on television who want to make themselves sound smart. It's it's what it's the draft is about getting players who can help your team, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and cost is in the eye of the beholder. Hey, Bill, in terms of draft, in terms of draft management with this draft, do you think it's even more imperative to kind of do what we saw Belichick do last year, where you just got to be really patient this year? Because if you're maybe the Steelers at 20 or the Saints at 18 and Corral slips, this could be a player who, if he stays healthy, you could have a pretty interesting rookie year with him. Yeah, um, I I think that's true. Uh, You know, having all the respect in the world for Bill Belichick. If, if my philosophy was if a guy that we had, we were comfortable taking uh, somewhere around 20 or 22 or 23 falls to 17 and the price wasn't too high. I would go get him. Let's go. Yeah. I wouldn't wait Okay. because the worst feeling in the world is to say, Hey, we really like this guy. And somebody says, and eh, that's too costly. And, and you don't take him, and he's picked one pick in front of you. You know, you you want to you want to take your prospect book and slam it on the table. Exactly, because yeah. this is about getting players who can help you win, not not you know. And they got lucky. Let's face it, they got they got very lucky. It, it fell exactly the right way for exactly him. right. Unbelievable. We talked that lucky horseshoe someplace, which we won't talk about. You know, it happens. You know, 
luck is when preparation meets opportunity. They 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 did it right, and I and I I suspect that maybe they knew a little bit more about the kid maybe than both than most people did, or or had more positives about him than most people did, because of Bill's relationship with Nick. Not that Nick is very honest with everybody, but you know relationships help, and 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 you know he felt it. I'm good for that, yeah. and it was a great pick. And, and it, Bill, doesn't it also enter into at some point when you're in your career? And you're you are Belichick, you can take more risk. I mean, than than other people could because no one's going to say you don't know what you're doing. You're the master at that point, right? I mean, that is absolutely right. You took the words right out of my mouth. I'll say it another way. If if, if that was Arthur Smith, and uh, and and the general manager, brand new in Atlanta, picking uh, that young man from Alabama at the fifteenth pick. The, the gurus would have been howling way too high. That's a reach. Right. You can't take him there. He doesn't belong there. That's way too high. You can't reach like that. But they won't dare say that about Phil yeah. Belichick. <laughs> yeah, right. Because And if they ask him, all he's going to say is, we play Cincinnati next week. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, two guys we, we, we need to mention in passing. Um Sam Howell of North Carolina and Desmond Ritter of Cincinnati. Sam Howell is, is a running back playing quarterback. He's uh he's six, one, two twenty. Uh, he's a four, seven guy, slightly below uh, natural runner. So I'm playing high school. As a matter of fact, natural runner takes over the game with his running ability, slam bang kind of runner, uh, tough guy, big competitor, uh, big arm, um, he, you know, barely six one, so he qualifies as a short quarterback. Um, really bad year this year, you know, by first round standards because he um, he lost five guys to the NFL, lost five skilled guys to the NFL. So you give him you give him a little bit of a pass there. Who were pretty good. Oh, yeah. All good. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they were pretty good. Um, so so uh, you give him a little bit of a pass there, but the accuracy is is not what you'd like. The poise under pressure is not what you like because his answer to that is let me run away from people. Um, and and I, I would not see him as a as a first rounder. I would I would kind of put him in the Colt McCoy category. I would think of him as a potential backup and put him there and hope that he grows. The guy that has a chance, I think. Bill, real quick on Sam Howell. I know you've used this this sort of the Bill Parcells axiom before about uh, his lower half with offensive linemen. Sam Hell Sam Howell's got the biggest lower half of any quarterback who's six one to come along in a in a while, right? Well, that that's why I, that's why I say he's a running back playing quarterback. I mean, he, 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 he's got he's got great contact balance because I mean those legs are big. Yeah, I mean he's got legs and a posterior like an offensive lineman. Yeah. But but you know. From the stuff I've watched, I think he also has great avoid. I think he makes a lot of guys miss. Yeah, that he's tackle. a natural runner. Yeah, he's a natural runner. There's no two ways about that. When I saw him playing, that's what you want. When I saw him playing a high school uh, playoff game, I said that that guy's going to Carolina or Duke or yep. you know Maryland or someplace, and he's going to be a great running back. Shows you how much I know. Yeah, so he's a <laughs> he's a quarterback like Lamar, except unlike Lamar, if he can't dodge you, he can run over you. Yeah. 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 Well, you don't run over anybody in the NFL, but well, but, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you choose the words, but he can take contact and resist it and keep going forward. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you don't want a quarterback who's doing that because sooner or later he's going to get right. hurt. Yeah, it's true. But, Bill, in that system, this is a, the dumbest question I've probably ever asked, but in that system, because they throw so many screens and so many go balls, could that work against a prospect like Sam Howell on tape? Because you haven't really seen him do a ton of NFL kind of throws. No, not really, because you, you can look and 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 see him do stuff that, that, you know, that he has to do in the NFL. He'll make throws over the middle to the tight end, you know, He'll, he'll hit check downs occasionally. What you don't see is the, is the, you know, the 27 yard out as a, as a staple of the offense or the back shoulder fade as the staple of the offense, because what, what they do is every time there's press, it's an automatic go. So that that's a staple of collegiate offenses. So, but, but you can, first of all, you can work them out and make them throw all those throws. And second of all, uh, you see, you can see enough to 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 convince yourself that if he's got the arm strength and the accuracy, you can teach the other stuff. If he's got the arm strength and the accuracy, I'm not sure the accuracy here is is necessarily what you want. And the poise under pressure, his answer to the poise under pressure is not to go to his third read; it's to run, and 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 that's hard to change. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Um, and the, and it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and, and oddly, you know, you think that kind of the old scrambling, not necessarily called run, but the scrambling ability would save sacks. But as we've seen, Bill, with Lamar and others, when the offensive linemen are looking downfield and they don't know where you are, even when you're shifty, you, yeah, you, you get away sometimes, but you're going to get socked a lot more than if you could learn how to stay in the pocket and be protected. That Well, that's right. And you're also going to cause holding penalties. Uh, now, you know, the officials have become ball spotters, but if you happen to get a crew that, that calls holding a lot, when you go out of the pocket and the offensive lineman, particularly the tackle, doesn't expect you to do that, and he's blocking an outside rusher, and, 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 and you, you get beyond him, he, his tendency is to stay attached to the rusher. He's not taught to let the rusher go, and, and as a result, you get a lot of holding penalties that way or complaints about holding penalties that should be called. Um, but as I said, you know, the officials have become ball spotters. So th th that's less of a problem, I think, than otherwise. All right, Bill, bring us home on Desmond Ritter. Okay, there's a, a lot of mixed bags on this guy. 6'4", 210, ideal size, uh, sub 4'7", uh, athletic ability. Um, great numbers, 3,334 yards this year, uh, 30 touchdowns, uh, led his team to the playoff, which, which, you know, was a great Cincinnati's not quite in the, in the league with the, uh, you know, with the, the Alabamas, et cetera, beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Um, the problem is long release. So you're going to have to get that changed to some degree, which is difficult, and consistent accuracy, those two problems. Now, I've talked to people who believe they're related. Um, I believe that they're related. Um, and there's, a, there's tons of quarterback gurus who tell you, okay, we'll change that in a heartbeat with the lower half and we'll move his uh, – uh, front foot an inch and a half to the left and we'll make them do squats. And, you know, everybody's got a prescription, but it's hard to change that. 
you can improve accuracy. You do it with with an efficient release and with anticipation. Um, I worry a little bit about the anticipation here because he had a big receiver with him who really was a, a good 50-50 ball guy. And, and he had some difficulty even there with accuracy, get, getting the ball up to where that guy could go get it. So um, the, the intangibles are all good. And he, by the way, he looked great in the senior bowl. He looked terrific in the senior bowl. So he took away all of the worries that anybody had was, was he smart enough? Could he adapt to a new playbook? All of that stuff that was all went by the boards. Uh, he, he outplayed Malik Willis in the senior bowl by a wide margin. Willis only played two series. Um, so uh, his, his stock went up by his performance in the senior bowl, which I always put a lot of stock in as a matter of fact. So, this guy is, you know, where do you take him? This, this is, a, this is a, a long discussion as to where to put him on the draft board. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Well, there's our look at quarterbacks in the 2022 draft. Bill, thank you so much for putting all the research in, doing this for us today. As always, if you have questions or things you want us to hit up on the show, hit us up at IFBillPullian on Twitter, and we'll be sure to cover it next week. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Be well, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.